Hello and welcome to the Round 12 Review on the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. This week I'm joined by our first podcaster, Ben. Ben, how you going, mate? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, bit of a shaky week for myself. Um, tell everyone how your year and, more importantly, how your most recent week has gone. Yeah, well, I had a pretty good week this, uh, this week. Scored 2,481. Didn't really do as well as I expected to do, but... Still, I'll be going up in about 563 in the rankings, so I was pretty happy with that. Uh, the year, it's been a bit shaky. It really went really well at the start of the year, and just all of a sudden, I uh, didn't upgrade my team quick enough, and I was stuck with rookies like Brown and uh, Hartley on the field, and just bang, went down to rankings. Now I'm just slowly getting back up, which is the most important thing at the moment. Yeah, where are you ranked right now? Uh, 3,044. So, much better than I am. My week was, I scored 2,306. I missed the Dangerfield captain and I I caught the uh, Luke Dowhouse and uh, Sam Collins scores. So, not very good. I've fallen outside the top 20k, only just. And, I mean, a few weeks ago I was looking awesome. I was in the top 10k. I was moving up every week. And then um, shit just hit the fan, and I've I've been free falling ever since. So, not much good on on my behalf. Yeah, well, I've been a bit lucky. Finally, decided to make some uh, good trades. Like bringing in uh, Josh Gibson this week. He's you know, it's getting quite a fair good uh, good spoils recently, and he's obviously very effective kick. And uh, Hawthorne definitely using quite a fair bit when they're rebounding our defence. And obviously bringing in Zorko is a must. So I had to bring him in, even if he's probably a bit too expensive at the moment. I had to bring him in for sure. Yeah, my trade-ins have been okay. It's more been my trade-outs. And we'll go through the players that we'll probably need to trade out this week. And on top of the list, he's got a 99 break-even. He's 325k. He's actually made us quite a bit of cash, especially considering he was a bit of a bit of an unknown when most people were trading him in. And that's Burn from Carlton. He's got the buy this week. So would you recommend jumping off Burn? Well, it, it, it sort of depends. Like if you've already got your defence set and you want to keep him for the buy rounds and you're more looking for uh, for round wins or getting a score, I guess, maybe hold. But really, I'm looking to trade him for sure because he's definitely uh, got a high break even at 99. He hasn't really been scoring well recently. Yeah, we'll talk about him after, but there just isn't a lot to downgrade to in defence this week, so he's in a bit of an awkward spot. Um, someone that we'll find um, easier to downgrade is Smith from Collingwood. He's got a 77 break even now, and he's up to 305k. Would you think about trading him out this week? Uh, yes, he's at the perfect uh, price at the moment, really. I don't think he's going to really go up anymore and... Who knows what Buckley's going to do the next couple of weeks. Um, anyone's guess. He might bring back a rookie. He might bring in McCaffer. Who knows? He doesn't know what he's doing. So, um, next player. <laughs> I think we should point out that you are a, um, a disgruntled Collingwood fan, especially after the game that just um, just played itself out just a few hours ago. So, thought it was important to just point that out a little bit. If there's a bit of um, Buckley downpouring, pretty much. 
He's a great player. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, next player who isn't really a great player. He's got a 71 break even. If you've held him this long, it's um, you're a very patient person. That's Mitch Brown. He's 275K. Um, if you've held him all this time, would you think about trading out Brown this week, mate? I'm not quite sure on Brown because sort of struggling to get players on field but my thoughts on Brown is I'm probably going to keep him throughout the rest of the year because he's you know get a easy 50 or 60 here and there he might be a good um emergency player but if uh I don't know I might look to trade him out soonish just it's just a matter of um trying to find a good forward uh rookie at the moment yeah forward or defense wherever you've got him um if you've held him this long You've sort of experienced, I think he, he peaked at about 305k, so he's dropped 30k since then. I'd probably recommend playing him through the buys, um, especially considering he doesn't have the buy this week, and there aren't much to downgrade to. You'd probably give that downgrade spot in defence to burn over Brown at the moment. So yeah, kind of yeah, like for you. Sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd sort of recommend on um, holding on to him now that you've experienced that price drop. Now, Darcy Byrne-Jones has a break-even of 69, 339k. Um, more more the same with Brown. He Well, first of all, he can hit that break-even. Second of all, he's going to play all throughout the buy. So would you recommend trading or holding uh, Darcy? Um, uh, I like Darcy. I reckon he's, he's, very, he's very good in the back. He's very good rebounding. Um, the only issue with him is he's a bit inconsistent, but... Throughout the buy, you know, you're going to get 70 odd points here. Don't worry about it. If he goes up or down, you're getting those points. The only thing that really matters at the moment. Yeah, he played a very team efficient role on the weekend. I, I'd noticed myself. So he wasn't really um, drifting off the players as much as he usually does. I, I think that has a little bit to do with Homsch not being in and Darcy having to play a bit of a different role. So I'd probably keep the faith in Darcy and just hold him throughout the buys and see how high his price can go because he's definitely got the potential to hit 350 plus. Um, Menadju's a player that you've, um, well, I, I myself have held for what I think is too long, but he hasn't really put his hand up to be traded. He's 226k, he's got a 57 break even. He's um, He's got the buy this week, is it the week to trade him out? Well, well I've, I tried him ages ago and I think I brought in Josh Smith for him, so that's worked out well for me. Um, you probably won't be looking to trade him out this week. There's some pretty good rookies coming through in the mids. It's just a matter of um, they can hold their spot and go up at least, you know, maybe 100k or 80k, which would be good. Yeah, he's um he's a bit of a strange one because he still hasn't made much money, so you're not really cashing in on him. You've, I think he's only made 70k at this point, so he's still a little bit awkward. But he's not getting a game anyway, so you're not counting on him throughout the buys. Um, so if you do have to hold him, it's not the worst possible outcome, that's for sure. Ben Keys is a bit of a strange one after his great start. He's now 243k. He's got a 56 break even, and strangely enough, he doesn't really look like hitting it yet. He's not the most obvious trade out option this week, is he? No, well, like just better off really holding on to Keys because he's um he's got West Coast this week and. If they don't play like they did last week and actually decide to show up, I think Brisbane can play well and they can score well, like uh, Keys, Zorko, your Robinsons, your fringe uh, Brisbane players. It's just a matter of them actually showing up, really, if he's going to score well. Yeah, I think at this point he's not a massive trade-out option. Um, you just got to hope that he turns his scoring around and, 
tries to get closer to that three I mean, oh, that 300k threshold would be amazing, but at this point, it doesn't look very likely. Um, Jacob Hopper for GWS Giants, his break even is 54, and he's 270k, so he's made you about 70k. Not really what you expected from Hopper. I kind of, I get the feeling that his spot might be in jeopardy this week. He's been given a month since that massive debut, um, but you, you'd have to hold if you were selected this week, wouldn't you? Yeah, for sure. Um, like if you selected, put him straight in your mid because you know I've got Pendles and Sloan out this week, so he just goes straight in. Hopefully, he does all right. Assuming about Essendon, so you think he'd score all right. But the problem is, you know, he hasn't really been playing well, and you've got players, in, you know, in the Neefall, you've got you know, the Giants are just killing it each week, and just a matter of time before Hopper gets dropped, really. Yeah, it's unfortunate because he was looking like a much better prospect than what he's produced thus far. Um, someone that has produced what he was expected to and probably above and beyond that is Sam Kerridge, who's 427k. His break-even's 50, but it is his buy round, so people are sort of facing a bit of a crossroad. Um, they're not knowing whether to trade him out because it's his buy round and they can cash in, or hold him throughout the buys because he's going to be scoring well through them. Where do you stand on that conundrum? Well, I wish I still had carriage. Unfortunately, uh, jumped the gun a bit too quick on him, just like I did with Day. Um, really, you, you, this week you want to be looking to downgrade, so I'd, I'd hold him to carriage. And obviously, he's still got the scoring potential as well. So you'd probably want to hold on for him for a bit longer and see how he goes. It just depends if he... Um, if you still able to maintain um, a low break even, but if you break even, something goes up. Definitely want to move him on for some of the um, primo forwards that are coming down. Yeah, he's um he definitely does provide good enough cover throughout the buys. Ideally, you'd want to have him at M nine or F seven come the end of the buys when you're full premium. But if you do need to cash in that money, then I I do completely understand people having to do that, whether it be next. This week or next week or whenever it may be. Um, Tom Ruggles, who hasn't made us a lot of cash considering what we thought he'd get up to, but he's still made 150k. Um, he's 259k, break even 41. He doesn't have the buy this week, so he's not a desperate trade out. What would you do with Ruggles? Well, hopefully he turns up to the game like uh, last week, so <laughs> that'd be a first start. Um, I'd be keeping Ruggles because like, even if he hasn't really been scoring as much as we even hoped for. You know, he's still averaging, was like 60-odd, is it, or 70-odd? Um, it's probably closer to the 60-odd mark. Yes, that's about right for an uh, emergency or bench player, really, for a defender. Um, especially this week with the buyers, you're probably going to be tracking him on the field, even if he gets a 60-odd you know, points is points at the moment. Yeah. So I'd really be holding on to him, really, especially with 41 break-even with gettable ruggles. Yeah, if you had Burn and Ruggles, I'd definitely recommend trading out Burn first considering he's got the buy and the high break-even. Um, Jay Gresham, who has the buy but a low break-even, is 255k. And although I don't want to trade him out this week, I sort of don't have a choice considering he's one of my only mid-rookies with the buy this week. So no hard feelings if you trade out Gresham. Yeah, well, I don't have Gresham. I don't know why I didn't pick him, but I, I can't remember where I picked over him, but I think he's the person I picked it better. So that's a good start. Um, with Gresham, 
I don't know because St Kilda, like one week they'll play well, next week they'll play terrible, and you know when they play terrible, no one scores well. Like um, Montagna last week scoring forty seven, and then you know when they decide to show up against uh, Carlton, Montagna scores one hundred twenty one. So that's sort of a example there when St Kilda do and do not show up, and they score well in Supercoach. Yeah, um, I'd definitely keep Gresham... Oh, no, what am I saying? I'd definitely trade Gresham this week if you had to just cash in on that money. Um, I don't think he'll provide much scoring over the buyers, so I mean, even though he's still got another 10 to 15 to 20k left to make, I would just cash in and get down to one of those mid-rookies that'll be going up next week or the week after, or this week, more importantly. Um, Josh Dunkley's another one. I'm not an owner of him. 228k, 35 break even. I think that's a very simple hold. What do you reckon? Yeah, I wouldn't be trading at Dunkley. It looks quite looks like a good footballer. Um, especially with the way the Bulldogs are playing at the moment. I I think he's probably still at his spot, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, once some of the players come back in, like your Johannessons and your... Um, who else is going to come back in? Um, uh, well, Dowhouse will be out, but then back in as well. Uh, and uh, they've got injuries yeah, everywhere. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, probably with Dowhouse out, I reckon Dunkley will keep his spot. So you probably want to hold on to Dunkley for the moment. So obviously for for now, hold. Um, yeah, he'll provide he'll provide good coverage throughout the buys, and then you can think about where where you want him after that. He's right now. He's just a decent bench option. Um, Davis has gone up to 306k amazingly after his poor start, but just like Gresham, he has a low break even that he's capable of achieving, but he does have that bias, so I wouldn't um, wouldn't tell everyone to hold. Uh, you, it's probably a good week to cash in, if any. What do you think? He's a bit of a weird one, right, Davis? So at the start of the season, you're expecting him to go absolutely ham and then just produced um, some very subpar performances and all of a sudden he's found the spark and starting to score like we all expect him to. Um, if you really need cash, definitely trade him out and go down, but for the moment I can hold because he's still going to go up um, probably at least another 20, 30k, maybe a bit more if he does have another ripper game like he has been playing. Yeah, preferably hold, but if you do have to cash in on him then that's completely understandable as well because it is that time where you need to build cash. Um, the players that you'd be cashing in on him for, uh, topping the list, he's a bit more expensive than the rest, but he is the most obvious downgrade option this week, and that is Trengrove at 156k. He scored 81 this week, I believe, and his break-even is down at negative 47. He just looks like he's improving with every minute he stays out there on the AFL field. He's a must-have this week, would you say? Yeah, well, I'm definitely bringing him in. I'm just trying to figure out um, between uh, him, uh, trying to figure out if it's uh, Smith or Davis to go out. I'm really looking to bring in, uh, looking to bring in Trengrove. Just a matter of uh, doesn't get injured. That's the only problem, really. Yeah, and you can't really count on whether he will or won't get injured. You're just going to pick him and hope that he doesn't. Although, if you don't have any faith in him whatsoever. We've got Will Hands from Essendon, who's priced around that as well at 158k. His break-even isn't as attractive, so I probably wouldn't even consider him. But Rose from Sydney at 155k has a similar break-even at negative 43. 
Um, pending his job security, he has looked almost as good as Trangrove thus far. Would you consider Rose? I don't know, because Sydney, like, just like the Giants, they've got depth in the knee fall. And if one of them has a bad week, you know, they go straight out. Plus, I think uh, Hewitt was out this week and Mills was out last week as well. So I think yeah. they both would come back in. So that's the only concern with Rose. But with Trengrove, um, he's pretty much one of, one of the key uh, parts that Melbourne's midfield looks like now since he's uh, looking like he's starting to hit form. Yeah, Trengrove definitely has the better job security. There's no question that at all. I also think he's got the better scoring potential, but if you do desperately want to avoid a potential injury, which I, I definitely wouldn't recommend because you can't really trade, you know, unless you, you're getting in uh, a Daniel Menzel the game before, or the week before he's even played a game. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend just avoiding trading in someone that's on the bubble and going to make such cash as Trengrove just because they may get injured. Yeah, so I think I think he's the no-brainer of the three. Hams is probably third. Rose is probably second. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. But I don't really want to consider Hams. Like I don't consider Hams if I had to, because you know, with them, we've got quite good at top-up players still in reserves, and just a matter of when or not some of them start playing, and also start uh, playing roles like uh, Wusher wants them to. Really. Yeah, and Tipper did miss this week, so that's something to consider as well. Now, someone who also has shaky job security but has scored well and well and truly above what we could have expected is Stuart from Hawthorne. His break-even's negative 98. He's 102K. Now, if he was playing for any other club in the AFL, you'd consider him a must-have. But Hawthorne, with their unpredictability with their rookies, just makes him a bit of a speculative pick. Would you consider Stuart? If he's playing, yes. But it's, it's just it was just like... Um... Um, brand, I think it was uh, a couple of weeks ago when you'd be unsure whether to bring him in or not because he might not be in the team. Obviously, he's back in now with uh, Spanger out for for a bit. Plus, Mitchell's back this week as well, I think. Um, it's just a matter or not. If Mitchell's in this week, Stewart is definitely out. But if Mitchell isn't selected, I can still see Stewart playing. It's just a matter or not if Clarko uh, sticks to them. But he's quite ruthless with his rookies. Yeah, definitely, and I think it is as simple as your um, opening statement there. If Stewart is selected, then I'll be picking him. If not, then obviously he can't really be considered, but yeah, he's going to make instant cash and hopefully get through the buys, um, but we're just not sure with Hawthorne. Now, these two players I feel need to be spoken about at the same time. Jansen at 123k, negative 59 break-even, and Matheson 117k, negative 41 break-even. A week ago, you would have said Jansen is a must-have no matter what this week. But given his form in the AFL and the fact that Matheson, I uh, I believe, got a best on ground on the weekend in the reserves, they might actually straight swap for one another um, and straight back into the team. So if either of these players are picked, I'd still um, definitely consider trading them in, especially if Stewart is dropped. Um, would you consider either of the Brisbane boys if selected? Uh, definitely, because obviously I don't really see uh, Brisbane doing well this year, so they're probably going to be playing quite a fair few rookies, so I'd probably be looking to bring both in. But if uh, Janssen's dropped I'd, and Matheson's back, obviously you'd pretty much bring in Matheson straight away. 
because he's going to be playing throughout the year no matter what anyway. Yeah, they'll, um, I think they've even said that they're going to rotate those two end keys all in like a little triangle, two in the seniors and one in the reserves type of thing. So it's between Keys and Jansen to get dropped this week and they both really fought hard to do so. So it'll be very interesting at selection this weekend. Um, now, if you're looking to downgrade Burn, Brown, Darcy, any of these defensive options... Austin seems like the only or at least the most obvious player to downgrade to. He's 123k, negative 49 break even. I feel like his job security is decent, especially considering he's Jonas's replacement. But um, his scoring potential isn't massive. Would you consider him if you were downgrading one of those defenders? Um, how long is Jonas out for? He's still got another four on the sidelines. Alapate Carlisle has just been ruled out with a knee injury as well, so he's not a chance, and he was our only other defensive player. So uh, the only other thing I can assume or consider that would happen is Trangrove perhaps gets swung back into the back line, maybe, but he's just been playing so well in the ruck. So I think his position is definitely safe for four more weeks, or four more rounds, sorry, because we've got to buy in there, so five more weeks. Playing, um, yeah, he's a straight swap for Brian for me. Also, it frees up a bear at 200k as well, so that's a, that's a nice uh, money in the bank straight away, right there. Yeah, I think he's good enough um, job security wise and doesn't have, I mean, he's scoring 50s and 60s, so he's not bad um, scoring potential. He's not getting 20s. Um, I think he's just he's put his hand up enough for us to sort of trade him in if we were getting rid of a defensive rookie. I wouldn't specifically downgrade someone to him, but I would, yeah, I, I, if I was downgrading someone already, he's he's the number one option in defence. Now, if he gets selected this week, which is doubtful because Segler is back, um, I'm not sure about the pronunciation here, Pitonet for Hawthorne is a rookie um, Ruckman, 123k, negative six break even. Um, for those with Nicknat and Tippett, etc., would you consider this Hawthorne Ruckman if he was selected this week? Uh, no. Simple fact is because obviously <laughs> Segler's back and um, obviously I don't really see him playing much really. He's just, he's just a short-term replacement for Segler. Yeah. Um, probably another run out uh, throughout the year, but I don't really see the point of bringing him in when his break he was negative six and he probably only gets you about, what, 50, 60K? Yeah, I agree. There's there's really no point to really bring him in. If at the craziest, um, in the craziest scenario, Segler does miss this week again, Pinnett would only play one more before Segler comes back. So just seems like a useless trade there. He's not going to make much money and he's not going to play many games throughout the buyers. Um, also, moving on to people that aren't going to play any games throughout the buyers, I seem to have nailed two of these three players. Um, we're just going to run through Dowhouse and Nicknat, and by running through those two, we're really going to hit all Tippett's options as well. Um, who you need to trade in for those players? First of all, is Dowhouse a must-trade out this week? What do you think? Uh, no. He's a premium, and you don't trade at your premiums because obviously if you're going to bring him back in, there he goes. Two trades burnt right there. So hold on to your trades. 
Yeah, um, I have heard people subscribe to that theory. If you think about it, you're going to have a team full of donuts for the next three weeks anyway. So, I mean, if Dow House is out for four, then technically that's what only two rounds that he's out for, three rounds that he's out for. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see a real desperate need to trade him out if you don't want to, but. Um, if you want to get players on the park during the buys, then I think it's just a no-brainer. You can even break it down to if you're going for league matches, then I'd probably hold him because, I mean, you're probably going to cop wins and losses regardless. I doubt that one player will be the difference. But if you're going for um, ranking, overall ranking, then I'd probably trade him out in a heartbeat because he's you need that premium on your field however many times you can get them on. Would you agree with that? Well, if it's going for rankings, yes, because obviously that this has affected me. Um, in fact, quite a fair few others, so the Dr. Supercoach, um, having Rockcliffe, thinking that he would be back, back to his fire, uh, back to his normal like last year, gets injured straight out again and you know goes down even more, which is a sort of burnt us right there. So and with Darhouse, if you're going for points, definitely trade him. There's obviously a couple of good options there, like your Montagna, your, your Wingard, let, let's um, um let let's talk a bit more about the options. First of all, yeah, you, you mentioned Montagna, who has the buy this week. If um if you're looking to do that move, which seems like the most obvious because there's two grand difference, um, would you do that? Would you prioritize that this week, or would you not bother and just do it next week? I think this week will be a good week um, to get some points. So you might want to look at player. Um, would you look at? You maybe like looking at. A wing guard, maybe. But if you're looking towards the next couple of weeks, then, yeah, you'd want to be bringing in Montagna um, for sure. It looks like the more um, consistent uh, player, Touchwood, if he starts to um, show up in games like he did against Carlton. Yeah, I think Montagna's the best option, but he does have the buy this week, which makes it a little bit awkward. Um, if I, well, I'm an owner of Dowhouse, but I have Montagna as well, um, but if I didn't have Montagna, I'd sort of recommend for people to get their downgrades done this week and then maybe move Montagna sometime and then um, maybe move Dowhouse to Montagna next week um, whilst doing a couple of other upgrades and just have that build that bank as much as you can this week and not worry about getting the points because Montagna has the buy anyway. I do think he's the number one option. If you do already have Montagna then um, I'd even look to someone like Franklin, who's 467k. You own him, Ben. What do you think of him? Um, well, sort of brought him in at the wrong time. I brought him in last week thinking that um, he absolutely killed Gold Coast, but then I realised uh, torrential rain uh, and football doesn't really go well together, so Buddy didn't really do well last week, scoring about 60-odd. 60 then he scored 57 this week, and, well, Giants really dominated uh, Sydney in... But he didn't really look like getting into the game as much. Um, but he, you know, he's going to win the cold medal this year. He's going to kick bags of goals. You got to have him in because if he kicks at least you know four or five goals, he's going to get you an easy uh, ninety points plus right there. Yeah, he does look like he's going to be um, a very consistent player, which he hasn't really shown in the past, except for the last two games. I think he's had one score in the eighties, one score in the nineties, and the rest have been over a hundred. So. I think Franklin is a pretty good option. Someone who started the year very, very poorly, but has definitely picked it up in the last month as well as Port Adelaide's form. 
is Chad Wingard, who you mentioned earlier. I don't mind this pick. If you had that little 7K um, to just burn and just jump up to Wingard, um, I think that could pay off um, massively, especially considering his last month. What do you think of Wingard? Um, well, it's either him or Buddy for me last week, and I decided to go with Buddy. Um, and then Wingard scored about 120, I think it was, last week. Yeah. So I was a bit annoyed at losing 60 points right there. And then I think Wingard scored at 90-something this week, so that's another 40 points there. So pretty much I lost 100 points out of that trade, which is a bit annoying. Um, I've been looking at Wingard, and obviously as Port is starting to play play a lot better, um, Wingard's points are going up a lot more as well. And if uh, if Port push for the finals, which I reckon there's a chance, just a matter if they are consistent uh, this year, Wingard definitely want to have as he is a crucial part to a Port's forward line for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's a barometer for us, and his scoring this year pretty much mirrors our form. Um, his teammate Westhoff is another one. He's four seventy seven k. He's actually the exact same price as Dowhouse. Would you consider Westhoff? He's had a very consistent season with a couple of down games that sees his price below five hundred k. Yeah, Westhoff is a. I don't know, he just, he's, he's one of those players that fly under the radar. Just, you don't, like, there's always the POD um, thing about him, just like Critis was last year. Um, for Westhoff, it, it just depends, I guess. It, same with Wingard. If Port are playing well, you want him. If they aren't playing well, probably look at someone else. But if Port keep playing well, I'd definitely look to bring um, Westhoff in instead of Wingard. I have a bit of a POD to to bring up. Um, if you were looking, say you didn't want to do the Dow House trade this week and you wanted to say, uh, I don't know, get Montaigne the next week or look at all the options again this week or you know, you had three downgrades to look at, it could be worth looking at Motlop for another week. If he actually comes into some form and scores 100, his break even still above that and he wouldn't go up in price at all. But... He's 377k, and I know he's had a terrible, terrible month of form, but if he turns that around like he's shown early in the season, he could be a massive pick, same same as Wingard uh, four or five weeks ago. What are your thoughts on Motlop? Very risky, but would you consider it? Um, it's one of those very risky trades that can either go down well or burn you. Um, with Motlop, I'm not quite sure. I think it's it's all down to Geelong's form. Um, obviously, with the past you know, four weeks, Geelong haven't really exactly played uh, very good football, well, apart from the North Melbourne match when they destroyed them. Um, but like games against Collingwood and Carlton, uh, Motlop went missing and was very ineffective. So that's that's the only concern right there when Geelong don't turn up and the opposition runs over them. That's the only concern with Motlop, but same with Wingard and Westhoff. Um, if Geelong is playing well, he plays well and he scores big like he has so far this year. So you definitely consider him, but maybe give it another week or two and see if, uh, if Geelong's form is picking back up, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, of those options that we just spoke of, Montagna, Franklin, Wingard, Westhoff and Motlop, do you want to just quickly rank them from one to five as to which options you'd consider the most? If you had unlimited cash, you didn't own any of the players. Oh, it's a tough one. 
because the really good options right there. You'd, you'd want Bontagna as your number one because the fact that he can play forward and mid and he's averaging about... Um, he's averaging 99.58, so he's pretty close to averaging 100. So um, week he, in, week out. So easy number one, go um, um, two, three, to three, four, and five. Probably, probably Franklin number two because of the fact that he's going to win the gold medal. He's going to kick bags of gold each week, and he's pretty much one of the main uh, forward targets for Sydney now that Tippett's gone down. Yep. Your West off is probably your number three because you can play down back, you can play down forward, you can play in the ruck, he plays everywhere. He's going to score well. Wingard number four, or like Wingard and Westhoff, you can be three <laughs> or four. I'll probably go West uh, Wingard at four. Yes, the fact that he does go missing sometimes, and obviously there's still other players in the forward line who can kick goals for Port, and obviously Montlop at five um, due to the fact that he's gone down so much, and I don't really see him picking back up in form um, since Selwood is. Uh, picked back up and looks like Motlop's gone down yeah it's a completely fair ranking and I kind of agree I have Montagna clearly at number one and then I've got Franklin very marginally at number two with Wingard and Westhoff like you said pretty much right there but um, I have Motlop a bit closer to those two at number five I think he can definitely pick it up and he's shown in the past that his ceiling is so high and his consistency can sort of hang around as long as Geelong's does. Um, I think he's just he's very good value down at that price. But um, moving on, now Nick Nat is the next one. Now, if you don't have Gorn or Goldstein, they're the two that i definitely recommend over anyone else. But if you um, maybe you're priced out of Goldstein, you don't like Gorn's beard, whatever it is, and you're looking at a bit of a point of difference option, um, we'll start with Lysette, who's the obvious one. Um, he scores all right. He's, he's been scoring tons all year and sort of flown under the radar. Do you rate Lysette at all, especially considering Nick Nat's out and Lysette can be the number one ruck now? Yeah, well, first off, if you don't like Gorn's beard, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so you've got a point at first. There's got a great beard and just, just a freak. Just how easily destroyed Kylan today. Anyway, back to the topic. Yeah. Uh, Lysette. Uh, yes, with Nick Nat out for about uh, eight weeks, I think it was. Yep, six to eight. Their main ruck. He can kick goals, he can take a mark. A lot better than Wits. Um, actually, back to topic, off Collingwood. Yeah, definitely um, off Collingwood. Yeah. Yes, uh, Lysett, yes. Yes, so you do rate Lysett. I do as well. I think he's probably the most obvious choice for Nick Nat. Um, Tippett as well here falls under the same category. Um, Zach Smith's a bit of a funny one. I rate his teammate Blitzavs a lot higher, but I know you were looking at Smith. What do you think of him? Um, well, Smith has been scoring a lot better than Blitzavs, um, even when um, like the past month of form has gone down. And also with the fact that Smith's a good mark, he can kick a good goal. Obviously, he kicked three goals, I think it was, against Hawthorne in round one. And I had a bit of a man crush on the Zachy Smith for, for um, when was it, uh, 2011, I think it was, when Gold Coast were in. I just had him in the ruck, and he was doing great. So I loved him for that, and I've always had a soft spot uh, in my heart for Zach Smith, of course, because of that. But really, I'd probably have Lysette, or maybe, well, i got to get Goldstein, so probably Goldstein, Lysette for me. 
Yeah, and I rate his teammate Blitzovs a bit higher. I think you're underrating how well he's scored so far this year. He's pretty much been a midfield premium, let alone a ruck premium. So I'd definitely consider him as well. Um, but yeah, I think I feel like Lysette is the most obvious because he's going to take over that number one ruck role. But yeah, definitely Gorn or Goldstein if you don't have them. And you almost just have to pray that they don't get injured because everyone is just getting injured these days and it just seems like the thing to do. Um, especially if you're on my team. Or drop out form as well, especially like Gorn. Yeah, uh, he, very, he was inconsistent earlier, definitely. Um, that pretty much wraps up the podcast. I'd like to leave with a little bit of wisdom. Um this week's generally the downgrade week. If you're wondering what to do with your trades, if you're not very buyer savvy, um, I'd use this week to build a big war chest and downgrade to players that have their buy this week. So like if you've got your eye on Doherty, Rance, um, Rory Laird's another one, Sloan, um, you know, there's players all over the place. Anyone that has their buy that's anywhere near bottomed out, I'd look to getting them in next week and downgrading this week unless you have 14 injuries like myself. Um, well, that was a, a good podcast, mate. Thank you for coming in for the first time. Yeah, no problem. It was good fun. Um, make sure to check out our Cancer Council donations. I know we're, we're stagnating a little bit after the hot start, but, um, yeah, just a massive thank you to the community and everyone that donates to that. You get a shout-out on the Thursday-slash-Friday podcast if you donate Um just that little bit extra than everyone else, but everything is appreciated and goes to a great cause. Um, thank you very much, and I hope everyone has a good week. Ben, thank you, mate. Yeah, no problem. Good luck with next week, and hopefully you can uh, patch up those holes in your team. Yeah, I definitely need to. Uh, I've got to focus and hit the books. Don't don't worry about work or uni or exams or anything. Hit the Supercoach books, and let's start fixing our teams up. Good luck, mate. Yeah, good luck to you too. All right, see ya.